With sports car racing news and analysis from around the globe, this is the Double Stint Podcast. Here's John DeGeese and Dan Lloyd. Welcome into a special edition of Double Stint Trackside at Lama. I'm John DeGeese. I'm here with Daniel Lloyd, our uh, FIAWEC season-long reporter, um, getting ready for the big 24 hours of Lama this weekend. This is the first episode of a week-long special um, Double Stint feature here on Sports Car 365. We'll be trackside every day of the week leading up to the 24 hours. Tonight we're actually uh, recording this inside of um, Vanessa's Hospitality. She gave, she's very kind of us to give us some space and for us to enjoy a nice meal um, right before uh, wrapping up, you know, the, the first day of uh, activity here with scrutineering. Um, it was a really busy day, I, I think. You know, it was a little overcast skies, wasn't perfect weather, but um, we saw a lot of the contenders, some of the early contenders go through the likes of Toyota, Porsche, um, Corvette, and, and Rebellion, um, which threw up some, some surprises as well. Uh, Dan, what were some of your, you know, first impressions from, from the opening? day here in, uh, at the Place du Republique. Thanks, John. Yeah, it was just fantastic to see Le Mans really kick into life in front of the public eye. It, it seemed like there were thousands of people streaming through the main square in Le Mans town centre um, just to get a glimpse of the cars and drivers, some new liveries that were debuting uh, today, and, and it was just a fantastic atmosphere. The weather held off just about. Uh, last year it was torrential rain during the scrutineering, but we were, we were blessed with some fine weather and uh, a great opportunity to uh, analyse the field uh, and get some early looks in before track activity kicks off later in the week. 22 of the 62 cars entered this year, the two additional entries in temporary garages uh, were brought through the administrative checks today, so not the majority of the field. That's going to be tomorrow, but um, we still did have some big contenders. I'd say Toyota was obviously the biggest one. Um, We still had the Fernando Alonso effect, even though in his final scheduled WEC race uh, um, following the conclusion of this season, which concludes at Le Mans, um, lots of fans flocked to to him. Um, We've also been a lot of discussions about Toyota's pace from the test day, how it compares to the privateers. I, I know, Dan, you spoke to both sides of the parties this, today. Um, what do they sort of have to say, and, and what, what's the prospects you know, sort of heading into qualifying in LMP1? Well, I think Toyota was a bit surprised by the test day pace that we saw from the non-hybrids in the sense that they were expecting them to go a lot quicker. Um, Rebellion was the quickest of the non-hybrids this time around in the test day, but they were uh, quite, a, quite a way off their pace from last year when they actually split the uh, Toyotas and went below the three minute 20 second mark um, so Toyota thinks there's more in it I think for the privateers uh, speaking to Mike Conway earlier you can see his reactions to the test day in an article on Sports Car 365 uh, he seemed to think that the non-hybrids are, are going to be capable of challenging for the front row um, which is obviously some claim when you, when you consider that Toyota took pole by uh, upwards of four seconds last year uh, on the other side the non-hybrids seem to be uh, downplaying it slightly, I think. Uh, down, certainly downplaying the gap that we've seen in their pace from last year to this year. Um, Rebellion was one of the cars, was one of the teams that we saw go through scrutineering today. Uh, they seem to think that the track conditions played quite a factor at the test day. It was really, really hot, 30 plus degrees, um, and perhaps they said they struggled to uh, turn the car on um, to the effect that they had in 2018. Bart Hayden saying that the disparity was partly because of the 
the, the heat on the track, the, the curbing contributing to that somewhat. Uh, let's not forget the Rebellion's bringing a new uh, low downforce package to Le Mans. It's supposed to be better suited to the track, but obviously it hasn't done a massive amount of testing coming into this race, so it's going to be, um, they're still going to be having some preliminary issues. Uh, the drivers, Neil Jani was telling us earlier today that the car um, was far too quick in the uh, high-speed cornering sections, the Porsche Curves Maison Blanche, uh, but now they seem to have uh, sorted that, at least uh, from what they could tell during the test day, and, and the car is all, an all-round better package over the course of a stint. Yeah, and it seems like all the Rebellion drivers sort of agree that lap time-wise, I think they're going to be very similar to where they were with the old package versus new, but it's a much more drivable car. So I think that's an important factor as well, um, especially when you have top speeds for you know what we see in LMP2, for instance. Um, Speaking of Rebellion, we had a bit of a surprise today um, when the cars were unloaded. Actually, a little shortly before then, there was a, a livery unveiled from the Anglo-Swiss team. And uh, quite a striking livery, Dan. I, I don't know how... What's the best way to describe that? Well... Some of our British listeners might be aware of Refreshers Sweets, and I'd say the livery in colour terms was very similar to that. If you ever see a Refreshers packet, not sure how many of those are knocking about nowadays, but yeah, a very, a very vibrant, fluorescent almost green, pink and yellow scheme for the two cars. Um, sort of paint splatters and some of the old zebra, uh, zebra schemes thrown in as well on the number three car. Um, it's certainly something different, and um, to, to our understanding, it is the first ever LMP1 art car. That's, that's what rebellion saying and that's what a few others have suggested um, do correct us if we're wrong on that one but um yeah certainly a very striking addition to the field and uh, uh it, it it turned a few heads and it was a bit of a surprise actually when when we found out that this was going to be released today uh, most of the art car liveries and special liveries for Le Mans had already been unveiled but uh, rebellion certainly throwing a cat amongst the pigeons with that late addition there yeah and the best way to describe it maybe from my part is a bit of a graffiti-ish looking and I think the drivers were up to some shenanigans of that re remarks today, too, during the during the driver um, team pictures. Um, a few of them were um, spray painting a, a bit of graffiti on the actual backboard. You can find a picture of that on, in our daily notebook. And uh, not sure if there's going to be any repercussions, but um, still some fun and games going on here at, at Le Mans. Um, moving to the, the GT ranks, we obviously had a, a, a big presence here from Porsche, um, back with four cars. The defending GTE Pro winning Monthai um, um, run cars are here alongside the core Autosport run entries returning for the second consecutive year. And this time in a striking Brumos uh, racing inspired livery. And um, incidentally enough, it's actually the first time in Lama history we have the Brumos colors here in the race. So it's quite a special occasion, especially with Hurley Haywood being the, the Grand Marshal for this year's race. A driver that's been sort of synonymous to the legendary uh, uh, Florida based organization but um, Porsche is obviously probably coming in as, as one of the favorites in, in GTE Pro they have the strength um, Dan what are your thoughts you know looking at at GTE Pro at this point do we do we think Porsche is the one to beat you know Corvette was quickest in the test day um, I know and I spoke to Doug Feehan program manager for for Corvette and he was pretty bullish on their chances Porsche seems the same we're going to see some other contenders going through tomorrow um, what are your, your overall thoughts here in, on the in the battle and what probably is going to be the most competitive uh, fight out of the four classes this weekend coming in for Porsche uh, you mentioned there earlier John I think um, it, it, 
they've won no matter what happens coming into Le Mans here. Obviously, they want to win the 24-hour race and defend that title, but um, they've already wrapped up the WEC Manufacturers Championship, which is something that the brand is particularly proud of, and no doubt there'll be many mentions of that, as we've already seen in the gold celebration liveries on the Manthai cars. Uh, and a Porsche driver crew is going to win the world title as well. So it's certainly certainly already a cause for celebration coming in. I think that, that's made Porsche quite uh, quite relaxed, um, but no doubt they, they won't be letting their guard down because the competition in GTE Pro is obviously uh, just so intense with 17 cars, and we're going to hear a lot about this throughout the week, but it's just such an enticing category. Um, as you said, Corvette topped the test day, and we saw the Corvettes going through scrutineering uh, earlier today in the town centre. Um, looking at the overall pace, it, it's hard to see where everyone uh, lies because the Corvette actually improves very slightly on its best time from the test day last year, looking at the test day figures. Um, this time it did a 3.54 flat pretty much, and last time the best, last time the best Corvette did a 3.54.179. Last time, though, the best Corvette finished 10th, and there were a lot of cars that were quicker than it. Um, so where does that leave those cars that have, uh, have gone slower this year, slower than that Corvette sort of benchmark? Who knows? Who knows? It's, it's going to be uh, an intriguing start to the week. Once we finally see wheels hitting the ground, I think we can start making some evaluations, but not just yet. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Dan, and especially um, no BOP changes made to GTE, Pro, or AM just yet. All we had were um, fuel capacity declarations in the build-up to this race. Um, I think the chances are probably high. We'll see some kind of BOP change either before qualifying or after qualifying. Uh, we've had it happen, I think, two of the last three years at least. Um, speaking to the Corvette's uh, Doug Feehan, I think he, he was really, you know, said they feel more confident this year on a number of factors with their car, um, especially looking at the tires. Um, these are the same Michelin tires they run in America now. Um, IMSA has the same specification, um, dry weather tires over there. Also, they've been doing a lot of time in the sims um, for the drivers and sim sessions. Um, and also, their experience in WEC races earlier this season, both in Shanghai and in Sebring, I, I think that sort of helped the ACO and FIA get maybe a little more accurate BOP. So we'll see what all that means once, you know, the cars hit the track officially. You know, test day usually doesn't mean a whole lot, but um, still interesting times for sure. So that was the majority of the, the talking points from the opening day of, uh, of scrutineering. You can check out some more news and notes um, on sportscar365.com with our daily notebook. We also have a few articles up uh, scattered throughout the day there. Uh, next up on the show, um, Dan spoke to a, a couple different drivers from uh, the Plasto Republic today. Uh, Ricky Taylor of, of uh, Jackie Chan DC Racing, defending GTE Pro race winner Kevin Estra and Bruno Senna of Rebellion Racing. And those interviews are next on Double Stint at Lamar. Hello guys, I'm Alessandro Balzan and you are listening to Sportscast 365 Double Stint Podcast. Ciao! So we're here in the Place de la République for the scrutineering ahead of the 24 Hours of Le Mans. I'm joined by Ricky Taylor. Ricky, it's great to have you back for the Le Mans 24 Hours, your sixth appearance in this great race. Um, you've been spending some time racing in America recently in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Card Championship, but this annual trip to Le Mans is becoming a bit, bit of a regular thing for you. Yeah, it's always nice to, to get to come to Le Mans. It's always hard as a as not a regular season guy to, to get in, so, so I feel very lucky to be joining, joining 
during the race, but not only during the race, but being with such a great team like Jackie Chan, DC Racing. So um, I think it's one of my best shots I've ever had, so really excited to get going. And you were with the same team last year, albeit in a different car. Engine issues contributed to the team not finishing the race last time around, but are you a bit more confident that this time you'll be able to put together a more reliable package? Yeah, I mean, already from the test day, I feel like we're very confident in the, the package and, and the team. Um, obviously, they've had great performances here, and the team knows this place very well. So um, I think everybody's very, very confident. And, I mean, Lamar's Lamar, you can't, nothing's going to be easy. There's a lot of good cars. And, uh, so the one, we've got all the pieces in place, but we'll just have to see what it's like after 24 hours. How was the test day from your side? Did you manage to run through everything that you were looking to get out of it? You had quite an interesting travel schedule, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the first time ever, I was able to actually be here for the entire test day. Unfortunately, our running was cut quite short with some uh, electrical issues. Um, but that's the strength, the good thing about such a strong team like uh, like we have is that there's two cars. So what we didn't get to run through, the 38 car managed to run flawlessly all day and got most of the work done. So... Um, for us drivers, we might have wanted a little bit more seat time, but I think the car is going to be plenty quick, and uh, all the work that the 38 did will translate over to us, so uh, I don't think we missed a beat, really. Does, does it help that you've had the running, or does it help that you have the running in the Acura package in IMSA, which is obviously based on the Orica that you're driving this year? Does that help translate into your driving style when you come over to Le Mans? Because this is your first yeah. time in the Orica. First time in an Orica um, for, for Le Mans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the cockpit shape is the same, and uh, it's got some of the same tendencies, but it's a very different car, surprisingly. Um, we have the, the big Acura engine in the back of ours, and uh, the Acura styling, the bodywork actually acts quite differently from the, the base Orica. Um, so the driving style is a little different, we get all different buttons. So every time you come to Le Mans, you're used to kind of picking up the way other teams do it, and these guys are so experienced that uh, you don't question what they're doing and obviously you bring your, your bit of input but at the end of the day they're they're experts and they, they've won this thing a couple times so uh, just trying to take it all in and, and contribute to the team. How do you spend the time between the test day and the race and there's, there's, there's a, lot, a lot of things to go through mentally and physically and how do you prepare from this point scrutineering where it's quite relaxed into the race week? Yeah so normally I fly home for a few days and then come back for, for scrutineering um, but this week I was able to go back to England with the team uh, do a day in the simulator with, with Jordan and, and the guys and, uh, just to kind of get your mind around it and get on the time zone get your head a little more in the in the zone because obviously coming from our street race in Detroit straight to the test day it's a bit of a clash in styles and so now I've had a week to, to decompress in England and get sort of in the, the mindset of Le Mans and it's been really good I think uh, I'm feeling very well prepared after, after the whole week and now from now on you're just trying to save sleep and make sure you get a good night's sleep every night and keep hydrated keep keep the nutrition right and, and uh, it, it's easy to get stressed out early and, and burn yourself out so just trying to relax and 
and get to the race fresh as can be. I think that's the key for all of us here, really. Um, looking ahead to the race itself, uh, how confident are you of achieving a, a, a top result? The LMP2 field is so stacked, but you've always done well in cars that have Konica Minolta colouring on them, so I think you might you might be in with the shout this year. Yeah, my last 24-hour race with Konica Minolta colouring and a teammate named Jordan, uh, we won. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're superstitious, that's a really good thing. Um, I mean, aside from that, it, it's all down to the guys and the preparation that they do. They do such a great job, and I've been lucky to drive great cars, and so coming to Le Mans, this is the best car I've ever been a part of, and, and all the guys seem really well on top of it, so uh, David's the fastest silver out there, and we've got Jordan who's uh, super, super quick, and I think if we can make it to the end without any troubles, we'll be for sure one of the favorites, and it's very exciting. A lot of pressure in that, but very exciting to be able to have that opportunity. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you guys in the thick of the LMP2 battle. Thank you, Ricky. Cool. Thank you. Under a slightly kinder skies than last year, rain's just about holding off, and I'm stood here with Kevin Estra, who la- this time last year was about to embark on a victorious week with Porsche. Back this year, how does it feel coming back as the defending GTE Pro winner? It feels great. Uh, the, last year was the first time really I uh, I finished Le Mans and, uh, and then finished uh, with a win, so it was, it was really good. We had a, a great car. Uh, it was also the beginning of the WC Championship. Now it's the end of it. Uh, we are leading, so it's kind of a double header for us. Uh, for sure, Le Mans is the race you want to win uh, in this championship. We won last year. We won another victory, but we also have to think about the championship. So it's a bit of a tricky situation. Uh, let's say we are not the one I think which will take the most risk in the field. Uh, but our goal is definitely to win. But it feels really, uh, really good to uh, to come here. This is really the start of the race week. Uh, it's scrutineering. Uh, and yeah, some, some more people maybe recognize you or you know come with a with a model car from Spark with a, the pink pig or your my helmet from last year, which is uh, which is really cool. And and this year. Th- the, the theme is very much celebration with Porsche obviously having won the wrapped up the manufacturer's title driver's title looks like it's coming to one of the Porsche crews that's very much is that very much the atmosphere within the team as well as what we see on the on the liveries and in the branding yeah every, everybody is really confident uh, within the brand and within Manta Racing uh, because we won the championship both of them and we won Le Mans last year we did a 1-2 so everybody is confident but also everybody knows that it's it takes really small details to, uh, to do a mistake or to be not as fast as we were last year or some stuff so everybody's focused but definitely the atmosphere is a bit more relaxed than last year um, also because we kept the same crew over the two years so everybody has more experience uh, now and everybody feels confident with the rules with uh, our opponents and everything and uh, yeah having won both championship or for Porsche both championship before that uh, brings everybody in a Everybody has a good mood and uh, the car looks cool, so uh, oh, it's, it's great. Do you think the Porsche comes in as the car to beat this year? I think we're definitely one of the favorites uh, because we won last year. There's no major major change. Uh, 
but it's going to be a very close field. It was the case last year, but it didn't show so much on the on the result. But when you look at the lap time, everybody was pretty close also last year. And I think the goal uh, from from the FIA and ICO is, is to make it even closer, which is for sure nice. Uh, but I guess we are part of the favorite. But I think looking at the test day, the you know five brands were very close, and I think the six will pick up uh, pick up the pace. I hope and. Uh, will be with your close fight. What did you make of the test day? It's, it, it's so hard to pick pick out who's going to do well, as, as is always the case in GTE Pro. But could, could you figure out an order there? Do you, do you think there is a, a favourite car that might be going in? Corvette seemed quite quick in, in the test day. Yeah, I think to be honest, it's really tough to know what what the others are doing. You know, like the fuel makes a huge difference in terms of lap time in Le Mans. How much fuel they have when they do a fast lap time? How much fuel we have? Which tyres? Everything you can have easy two three seconds there uh, you know going if you uh, if you have low fuel good tires or, or high fuel shitty uh, tires so uh, it's difficult to, uh, to have a really uh, an overview we just I think for our side we work on ourselves try to get a, a good car uh, we have a good base as I said from last year we know how, how the car is and nobody changed tires from last year so everybody has the same the track is was a little different uh, and it's of course it evolved a lot through the, the race weekend so this you have to take an account when you set up your car but to be honest I think as I said it will be very close but at the moment really really tough to, uh, yeah, to point one manufacturer and it really looks as though GTE Pro is going to be a, a flagship battle with the last race for the BMW M-Tech program and obviously the, the, the much publicized farewell for the Ford GT in this respect how exciting is it to be a part of that field that is just so stacked with talent and stacked with entries yeah, it's, it's mega I think it's been uh, the last two years last year and this year with 17 pro cars uh, backed off 100 person factory drivers factory teams it's it's a huge level you don't have this in motorsport really I think anywhere with, with so many, many manufacturers and uh, involved and only works driver in, every, in the, the category so it's it's mega and you see it on track as well really little mistakes uh, good fights not a lot of contact it's also Le Mans so everybody maybe is a little yeah you hold a little bit uh, off for, for the beginning because you want to you gonna want to go through the night but it's not it's mega to be part of this era also the cars are, are awesome uh, our car has a has a really cool sound there's already some uh, some guys posting videos from last year which uh, which is uh, yeah good memory for sure very uh, very good uh, very good looking car good sound and, uh, and I think the spectators loved our car from last year so uh, so uh, yeah it's, it's really cool to be part of this uh, this year and throughout the season the 92 Porsche has been a, a cut above almost the other cars in the class such consistency especially in the first half of the season you won't want to tell me all of your secrets because I'm sure the competition will be listening into the podcast but what are some of the secrets to the success this season so far I think we've been successful because we've made a year with really little mistakes so uh, in Sebring happened tw- twice uh, two mistakes and we finished fifth and that's our worst result so uh, this shows that doing it I mean you have to be fast for sure but also doing less mistakes brings you in a good position if you do a WEC race being 
on an okay pace, no mistake from the crew, strategy drivers, you will be up there. And then if you have the pace and, uh, and a little bit of uh, maybe better team this year, uh, like, like we had, uh, you can win races and be consistent on the podium. That's what happened. And, uh, and also, as I said, we have re really uh, a big stability in our team. 92 team is the same since three years, uh, engineer, mechanics and, and drivers. And I think it brings, uh, brings a lot of performance and uh, yeah, less mistakes. Brilliant. Thank you, Kevin. And all the best for race week. Thanks so much. We've just seen the, uh, the, the public unveiling uh, of the extremely colourful, fluorescent, beautiful-looking Rebellion R13 Gibsons. Uh, Bruno Senna is stood next to me, and he'll be driving the number one car in this weekend's race. Bruno, what's the reception been like to that livery, first of all? It's, it's stunning. It, I believe it's the first ever LMP1 art car as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool because, obviously, it's a new, new thing for LMP1. Um, actually, the, 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 the response has been surprisingly positive. You know, it's a shocking car, so a lot of people in motor race don't like uh, when you do something too different. But so far, it's been really good. Uh, all the social media has been blowing up with it. Other drivers have been uh, maybe less receptive of the paintwork. They're just afraid that they're just going to blind them on the mirrors. And, and for our listeners, that look, that's like clicking in the background was the uh, the spray paint can that Bruno's holding. Uh, I think he's been uh, putting his own touch on the Rebellion Racing, on the Rebellion Racing overalls um, looking ahead to this race I mean there's a chance here for a podium this could be your first Le Mans podium um, and it looks like Rebellion might have a good chance how did the test day go for you guys uh, in terms of overall pace a bit slower than the same time last year but do you think the car is in a good position to be able to uh, offer, offer sufficient pace you know it's uh, interesting to tell how exactly this year the test day was very bad with traffic and just yellow flags and slow zones and safety cars it was uh, particularly instant field last day, so we don't know exactly what our real pace is. The car felt okay, so I think we can uh, push hard and hopefully the reliability will be there for us. Uh, <laughs> we look good. The reliability will be there for us so that we can uh, be fighting for the podium in the end. Looking at the qualifying coming up later this week, do you think the Rebellion can get forward? Toyota suggesting that maybe Rebellion's got something in there that, that could... Uh... Toyota is always whinging and moaning about the privateer space, but they're always a few seconds ahead of everybody else. The SMP has very strong speed on the straight. We've seen it on the test day. So um, I think ultimately qualifying pace, the Toyota is there. Uh, SMP will be definitely stronger than us. We can always you know, we bring out a lap out of the car in qualifying, but in the race it will be very tough for the SMP because obviously they have the top seat advantage makes it much better for them to deal with traffic. We are barely faster than the LMP2 cars. At least we were faster this year than last year. Last year we were slower. So this time we can be uh, passing the LMP2 cars and then making progress in the race. And that could be a result of the new aero kit that the Rebellion's got, the low downforce kit. How have you been finding that? Yeah, they did a good job with the with the with efficiency of the new aero kit. Of course, less downforce than last year, which is also welcome for our next. Uh, last year we had way too much downforce in the car for Le Mans. But the car is, uh, it's been, yeah, it's been okay to drive. We're, we're still working on it and trying to get everything at, at the best it can be. And hopefully we can just have a nice, consistent car for, for the race. And have you done too much testing with the low downforce kit? Was it, well, we, you rolled it out at Spa in the practice session of what's been going on in terms of development. Yeah, we wanted to, we, 
we've done a test day, uh, a couple of test days we did uh, in Spain, and then we wanted to do uh, the race in Le Mans with that, but uh, obviously the weather forecast, there was no point in running low down force in Le Mans, uh, in Spa, excuse me. So uh, we just uh, put the old kit on, saved the new kit in case of any incidents, and then we are here. Uh, the test day felt felt pretty pretty good in the straight. Just need a bit more, uh, a little bit more. And just finally, look, looking ahead to race week, you, obviously it's all it's all fun and games painting painting the car and each other. Um, but you, you've got to be, uh, I presume you're remaining in the in the race zone for the week. How, how do you approach the next few days mentally, physically? Well, you know, it's a long week for everybody, especially the mechanics. Uh, these guys are working long hours every day, so by the time the, the race comes, they're all tired. So we got to do our best to keep ourselves in good shape. You know, uh, Friday is a long day for us with the parade. We have to go all the way, and you know. It's a, it's a pretty big event so we've just before the race it's, it's not the easiest thing but you know we try to get as much sleep as possible during the week and uh, and then get to uh, Saturday make sure that you're in good condition if you're not when the other guys are driving the car during the day make sure you get a nap before you get into the car and uh, yeah it's a long race you're always going to start absolutely well thank you very much Bruno and uh, in, enjoy enjoy continuing to paint each other it's a super livery and uh, thanks very much Cheers, all the best for race week thank you Hey, I'm Patrick Long, and you're listening to Sports Car 365's Double Stint Podcast. Welcome back to Double Stint at Lama. Thanks to Dan for those interviews with uh, Ricky, Kevin, and Bruno. As we look ahead to tomorrow, um, we got the majority of competitors going through scrutineering it's going to be a packed day um just by looking at the list we have ford aston martin smp racing another notable lmp1 contender as well as a slew of gte am cars um what's your thoughts dan what what sort of stands out to you and what are some what are some of the storylines i think we're going to be trying to explore on, on the second and final day of scrutineering well as you said john that we've got most of the field coming through it seems tomorrow all sorts of entries and and certainly no shortage of storylines i think one of the ones to look for just from a fan's perspective any anyone uh, who's going to be attending the uh, the second day of scrutineering some of the special liveries that we're going to be seeing passing through uh, five incredible ford liveries we've got new new colors for risi competizione we've got jmw motorsport no doubt we will have a uh, a gallery with all of the images of these these fantastic looking cars but certainly there are going to be some real crowd pleasers there uh, and another big crowd i i expect will will be in attendance um looking ahead to other stories uh, there are some there are some teams obviously that we've we, we're going to be looking at in terms of the gte pro battle that we've been mentioning um bmw we might might see who we can talk to from bmw because uh, the the mhgt is really the only cars that were super off the pace in the test day um bmw struggled in 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 its le mans debut last year in some respects and and it's strange that out of such a close battle and a year of development the cars still seem to be struggling in the test day so uh, perhaps some questions to be answered there uh, we'll see how the the uh, mtech team is preparing for its uh, final le mans start obviously that program ending after the 24 hours of le mans um, but yeah we've got all sorts all sorts to get through and, and the gte am battle as well is going to be something that we shouldn't overlook as well because we've got some terrific teams in there and obviously the keating motorsports ford gt and the gte am class they uh, they, they had a 
an encouraging test day. Did lots of laps, but uh, perhaps the pace wasn't quite there. Might be interesting to see where they place themselves. Where um, could we have any more BOP changes? Wouldn't rule it out. There's, there are some things there, perhaps to be decided. So um, lots of things going on in the background, but lots of things out in the open as well in terms of liveries and teams showing off. Lots of drivers. I think we've got 25, 26 drivers making their debuts as well this year. Um, so it is certainly something for everyone uh, down in Le Mans Town Centre, and uh, we'll be sure to try and cover that in as much detail as possible for you. Absolutely, and we have the, the final few LMP1 contenders with SMP Racing, um, Stoffel Van Dorn making his Le Mans debut. Um, that's definitely going to bring some headlines uh, out of the high-profile drivers in their uh, making their first Le Mans start, and also the end of an era for Ford with, uh, obviously, as Dan mentioned, the special liveries, but this would be their final uh, factory outing with the GTs as it is right now, as it appears to be. So um, a, bit, a bit of a bittersweet run in the fourth and final Le Mans for these cars, but in some retro uh, historic celebration liveries, as the team calls it. So that's going to do it for us on today from the Sunday at Le Mans and the opening day of scrutineering. Keep it tuned to sportscar365.fm, sportscar365.com for all the latest stories. And we'll be back here tomorrow for another report from scrutineering. Uh, this is John DeGeese and Daniel Lloyd signing out from Le Mans.